When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pucks with Ags is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. And welcome to another edition of the Pucks with Hags podcast. As always, I am your host, Joe Haggerty. You can find my work on the NHL and the Bruins at joehaggerty.substack.com. Do not be afraid uh, to sign up for the premium membership. You'll get all articles sent right to your inbox that you can read, and you can read them completely if you have the premium membership today. I have uh, my good buddy and colleague, Mark Diver, from the New England Hockey Journal joining us. We're going to talk about uh, a few things on the Bruins uh, agenda and what's going on as training camp is getting ready to start. But first, just quickly want to thank our sponsors, FanDuel. Uh, right now uh, at FanDuel, there's an awesome uh, $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you go there uh, and sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston. Uh, that's you bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. That's pretty sweet. And also our sponsor, uh, factor mirrors meals, America's number one, ready to eat meal kit dinners, uh, done in two minutes. Uh, fantastic. If you're on the go, like I am with youth hockey season starting and, uh, both of my kids playing all over the place. So thank you factor meals. Now let's get to Mark Diver. Mark, how you doing? And, uh, what's going on in your world? I'm doing good, Joe. Uh, I've been back in the, uh, Back in the rinks the last week or so, watching midget hockey, split season midget, uh, and all of that. That madness has begun, <laughs> and uh, now we, uh, you know, on the immediate horizon here, we got uh, Bruins uh, rookie camp, the prospects challenge in Buffalo, and on to Boston training camp, and uh, and away we go. Absolutely, no, it's uh, the captains' practice started this week. Uh, first one was Tuesday at Warrior Arena. Uh, it's, I guess, an alternate captain's practice until they actually name somebody captain, right? Uh, technically, but like, I, I, you know, just got the feeling talking to Brad Marchand, seeing him as the guy that stepped up and spoke first, uh, you know, McAvoy and Pasternak weren't there. Uh, you know, it, it see it felt like to me, though he does not have the C on his sweater yet. It felt like to me, this was already the first sort of, um, you know, the leader stepping forward and talking and sort of setting the tone for everybody else in camp. And the guy that I think is going to end up being the captain uh, for the next couple of years, acting like a captain saying he's not thinking about being a captain. It's a team leadership group saying all the right things, talking about the gratitude of being at the rink every day and every day being an NHL player, being a gift and every day playing for the Bruins uh, being a gift, saying all the right things and doing the right things. It, It felt to me like I was talking to the next captain of the Bruins when we talked to Martian on Tuesday. Yeah, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think there's really any question that it's going to be him. Uh, I know, you know, that's subject to debate, I suppose, like any, like everything is in uh, in this day and age. But uh, yeah. if it's if it's anyone other than him, I'll be I'll be stunned. I'll be stunned. I think he's he's the guy. Uh, you know, I think he's. Uh, we've all seen him mature over the years. Uh, he's a completely different person than he was when he first uh, arrived with the Bruins. He's For been, sure. He's been through thick and thin with the franchise, uh, and I don't think uh, it, it's got to be him. It's got to be him. 
Yeah, and and you know, I know the arguments can be made for uh, Charlie McAvoy, David Pasternak. Obviously, they are important parts of this team and the future, the long-term future of the Boston Bruins. But these guys are still in their mid to late 20s. You know, their time to be the captain of this team is going to come. I just don't think it's right now. And and if if you look at Brad Marchand, you're absolutely right. He's very different from what he was 10 years ago. I think league-wide, there may be like an eyebrow raise slightly that, oh, Brad Marchand's going to be your captain uh, because of some of the old reputation that he had from a long time ago. But people like you and I that have been around him day to day for the last, you know, 10 plus years have seen that maturation, have seen the kind of effect that guys like Zidane Char and Patrice Bergeron had on him and just his own maturing, having his own kids, getting older, sort of getting away from, you know, the antics uh, that, that he was, you know, involved in. Like, I'll tell you a story. Like I remember the first, um, first time he got suspended. Uh, I believe it was the first time he got suspended. Hit R.J. Umberger. Uh, it was like a nasty, uh, like headshot elbow kind of thing. Um, and we were in Nashville when he found out about be getting suspended. I think it was like a two-game suspension or something. It was a couple of games. And uh, you know, he he talked about it. Uh, he, he was getting bag skated, so we had to wait until after he was bag skated because he was going to be suspended. Uh, and then uh, we talked to him afterwards. He, you know, said most of the right things, whatever, was was fairly dismissive of the whole thing. And then everybody walked away and I was still talking to him. And he said uh, he had a smirk on his face and he goes, uh, first time I'm getting suspended in the NHL won't be the last time. <laughs> and that was kind of his attitude back then, you know, that like that's the type of player he was. And it's like fast forward to now, wholly different player completely changed in that regard that you know the last few years has really done a good job of i think picking spots as to when he's going to be physical knowing how to toe the line still be the emotional catalyst that they need sometimes to drag them in the fight with oh oh, by the way he may even have to tone down a little bit of that if he's the captain uh moving forward um but like you know has figured out how to do it without hurting his team without uh, signing over more checks to the NHL he's already given over a million dollars in fines and game checks suspension over the years but really has toned that down in the last couple of years and i think you know that plus him being the last thread now to the Stanley Cup team that's on that team you know he's the last guy he, obviously Lucic is there too but he was gone for a while when he left in uh, 2015 Really, Brad Marchand is the last sort of connective tissue to that Stanley Cup team and that sort of era as David Krejci and Priest Bergeron retired. So, like, you know, I think there's way more reasons to make him uh, the next leader of this team and have McAvoy and Pasternak be the guys that are sort of his lieutenants and they continue that group leadership thing that they've been doing for so long. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think the uh, Bruins are fortunate in a way to have a ready-made captain, it seems yep. to me ready to step in, in, uh, you know, first Chara, then Bergeron, now theoretically Marchand. Uh, that's, that's a, I, I, you know, I'd have to look at who other teams have for their last few captains, but that's a pretty strong trio. Uh, you know, if, if Brad ends up being the captain, you know, it's tough to top those three in terms of, uh, guys who know, how to do things the right way and how to lead. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be in good hands, uh, with, uh, with Brad, I believe. No question. Um, all right. Uh, big sort of big news this week. There's really not much big news going on with the Bruins as we wait for, you know, camp to start and things to really form, uh, Danton Heinen signs, uh, a tryout agreement with the Bruins, 
had, I think it was like eight goals and 22 points with the Penguins last year. Um, you know, I, I'm not surprised by this. I, I, you know, you expect them to continue to bring in some veteran forward types to add to the mix to see if anybody pops and, you know, to add to the depth and just in case they have injuries too. I don't know that I see him winning a spot on this team. So it's going to be interesting to that. So that, uh, how that plays out with him, I would guess that Alex Chasen probably has a better chance of making this team uh, than Danton Heinen does, but uh, it'll be good to see him back in the mix. You know, he was a well-liked guy when, when he played with the Bruins and he, he had some decent seasons when he was here. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he's a, he's a good player. Uh, you know, he's not going to uh, he's not going to jump in there as a fourth line energy guy and uh, run around, uh, you know, taking the body. But he he's ha- has a a good amount of skill. He's capable of uh, you know putting the puck in the net when he gets the chance. Um, you know, I don't think I I, I see him sort of as a thirteenth forward maybe. Uh, yep. You know, I don't know who there's such a array of PTO guys and guys signed over the summer that could fit that role. You know, is it Danton or is it somebody else? AJ Greer? I, you know, I don't know, but Patrick Brown, that could be a guy too. Patrick Brown. You know, there's no downside to this. If it doesn't, if he doesn't play well, or you can't beat out these other guys, then you haven't lost anything. You haven't spent anything. So I, I, uh, yeah, it was kind of a surprise. And, you know, I'm curious, it's it'd be interesting to see if he had other offers or if this was you know this was it for him uh this summer you know i don't know monty obviously jim montgomery obviously has uh, a background with uh with danton yep so uh you know i i can see the obvious connection there that would uh that would get him a tryout so here he is and and we'll see what happens but real quick i just want to give a shout out to our sponsor uh, FanDuel Sportsbook, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Network. Uh, get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you do not want to miss. You know, it's a great, great promotions every day. It's a safe and secure app. You get paid instantly when you win, which a lot of people do at FanDuel Sportsbook. So uh, give it a try. Go over and take a look if you haven't yet. Get going with your $200 in bonus bets guaranteed and have some fun with the football season coming up. Um, 21 plus and present in mass. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends N- uh, 9-18-23. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off Sunday NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan is required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscription renews. Cancel anytime.
talking about the roster and training camp and, you know, looking at the different permutations of lines and forwards and things and the ways that they can go. Anybody that you have a strong feeling about as far as the Providence contingent goes, and I'm assuming that Lauco is kind of an NHL guy. I wouldn't put him in that category, but just anybody that's down there that you think it's their time now to sort of win a spot, or you think they'll really be in the mix, even if we're not sort of talking about it. Well, Lauco's not invited to the prospects challenge for, I think the first time (laughs) in like, I don't know, five years. Yes. He's graduated. Yeah. Give him a diploma. To me, that clinches it. He's an NHLer now. (laughs) But uh, I would point to Mark McLaughlin. Um, I think he, uh, you know, his niche, I think, kind of is as a fourth-line center, maybe a fourth-line right wing. Uh, You know, I think he's he's older than some of the other guys. Uh, You know, and the rest of them, you know, I'd be – I'd be surprised if anyone, uh, barring an unbelievable training camp, you know, right. you don't know what, what Lysel's going to bring or what Beecher's going to bring or Merkeloff. I, I I don't see any of those Providence guys making it uh, this time, this time out of camp. I see them getting games during the season at times because of injuries or, you know, somebody may be on a hot streak uh, in the, in the American league. I could see a call up, but uh I'd point to McLaughlin. I think he, uh, you know, he is what he is. He, he's a, always a hardworking guy. Um, I think he would be uh, the guy I would point to as someone who has the best chance or a better chance than the others to make the team out of camp. He almost did it last year. He did. Uh, I, I mean, I thought that, he deserved it, to be honest yeah, with I think you. He, you, could make a case, you could make a case that he did deserve it, but, you know, you got to send somebody down. You hope that uh, if they're not, don't have to be exposed to waivers, then then there's one way to get them down and and, and keep control. But uh, yeah, I would point to Mark as as the guy. Yeah, I mean that he's the kind of guy like when you go to Warrior just in the summertime, like to you know to see the brew meet with the Bruins to do whatever. Like he's always there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. always working out every day. He's always doing the right things. Like he is the. Uh, example that you point to of, of somebody that's doing it the right way and doing everything that they can do to put themselves in a position to to have a chance like that like my question is just what what do you think the biggest thing just watching in Providence what, is, what are the biggest things that they've had him working on there is it more to sort of round out his sort of fourth line energy kind of game if he's going to be that at the the NHL level like his two way game like what what exactly has has they been focused on and pointed towards with him in Providence to get him ready to be in that spot well i think he played you know up and down the lineup in providence uh i don't recall him getting any power play time i i could uh you know there there were a lot of guys more offensive players gifted offensive players than him yep but penalty kill face offs you know, all that stuff, that meat and potato stuff that a fourth liner in the NHL has got to be good at. That's what, that's what his job was last year. And, and he was pretty good at it. He, uh, you know, the, um, the scoring touch is not there. He's not going to be that guy, but uh, to, to put up surprising numbers, I don't think, but if you're on the fourth line, they're not looking for that. Uh, No, you don't have to go out and if you can go out and put up 15 goals, well, Hey, that's great. And that'll earn you more money. But uh, 
I don't think that's a prerequisite to, uh, to, you know, for him to win an NHL job at this point. I think, no, no. you know, his, uh, he's always an underdog. Always. Uh, I was talking to a, a, a college hockey assistant coach the other day. And he reminded me that, uh, you know, Mark was originally committed to St. Lawrence. No one else really was all that interested in having him as a, as a player on their team. So, yeah. you know, St. Lawrence first, then he ends up at BC as captain. Yes. You know, I think for two years, I mean, you know, yeah. he, uh, his whole life he's been hearing, he, he's been an underdog. He can't do it. He doesn't have this. He doesn't have that. And yet he always finds a way. So I think, uh, whether it's right now out of camp or at some point during the season, I think he'll, uh, he'll be up. Yeah. We don't root for individuals in this business that we do. We, I mean, we don't root for teams, but we definitely root for individuals uh, and good people. And Mark McLaughlin's one of those yep. totally respect uh, the work ethic that he has. And uh, I wouldn't expect anything less from a kid from Bill Ricca. Like that's just the way they're built there. Yeah. They don't yeah. know anything except like giving every, they giving their best all the time. Uh, so I expect high ratings for this podcast episode in Bill Ricca. That'll be fantastic. <laughs> um all right, let's let's move on to sort of the the biggest topic uh, that I kind of want to talk about with you, uh, and I wrote about this a week or two ago. Uh, it's just uh, the Bruins uh, for the second time, second summer in a row, uh, were ranked thirty second in the NHL as far as the prospect pipeline goes, dead last. Um, and they threw them a you know a backhanded compliment saying they were closer to the thirty first team this summer than they were last year. Thank you very much. You know they're not as bad in last place. Uh, they're not as, as worst as they were a year ago, but, you know, didn't have a prospect in the top 150 in the, in the athletic rankings. Um, you know, and we know some of the reasons why, but just curious on your thoughts of the current state uh, of the draft and development system for the Bruins, their prospect pipeline, because you're closer, I think, to this than anybody else really that covers the team. Uh, and just why you think uh, it, it is where it is right now, you know, beyond like what we all know, right? They're in the mix every year. They, you know, they trade away a lot of their first round picks. Like, obviously, if you're going to do that, you're not going to have the best prospect uh, group and you're not going to have the, you know, the the one that gets the glowing reviews, like, you know, the Red Wings and other teams that are perennially in the lottery every year. But it goes beyond that, right? There are teams like the Tampa Bay Lightning that hit on third and fourth round picks and seem to continue to churn those guys out just curious what your thoughts are on that whole sort of thing uh with the Bruins prospect group and, and the pipeline in general well yeah it does come down to where you draft and in the case of the Bruins this past draft and and going forward for for a year or two yep do you draft at all in the top say you know 75 100 if you're not up in that group you know the odds are so limited that you're going to hit on a pick uh so that's that's an obvious uh, factor here that uh, they just don't have the picks. Now, have they missed on some? Yeah, sure they have, and so have everyone else. Uh, other teams miss all the time. And, you know, these teams that have uh, – first of all, I totally respect what the athletic guys do, uh, you know, watching those prospects. It's unbelievable how they uh, – how they keep track of all of that. Uh, I yep. wouldn't want to have to do it. I, I, you know, I don't think I could do it, but uh, – <laughs> They, uh, they're not always right. Um, and, uh, you know, these teams that have great prospect pools, well, Buffalo's, Buffalo's, you know, finished out of the 
out of the playoffs for what 10 years right detroit's been terrible you know some of these teams with great prospect pools it's because they pick high every year you know so if you want to trade that for a for a first place finish or in boston's case a record-setting year last year yep uh you know i'll take what the bruins have done recently than uh than i'd rather have that than finish out of the playoffs 10 straight years you know but uh you know, I think the development part, I think they're doing a great job in Providence getting these kids up to speed. Uh, you know, I don't think you can point to that and say, well, they're not developing kids. Well, they're doing the best they can with what they have. Right. You know, you know the old saying, you can't make uh, chicken salad out of chicken feathers. Well, you know, if you're talking like six, seventh round draft picks, free agents, if that's what you're working with, then yeah, you're not going to get a top line. You're not going to get a top six or, or a top three forward or a top two D. It just, you know, it's not going to happen if you're picking, uh, picking from the pool the Bruins are, are, you know, delving into. So I don't think there's anything wrong with the development system. I think it's good. Uh, it's where the Bruins are picking that that's been a problem. And, uh, you know, they miss, uh, as everyone does. And that's just a fact of life in the NHL. You know, you'd like it to be different, but that's the way it is. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I, I, I think the one thing I would say, um, well, there's two things. I, they, I definitely think you need to see them hit a little bit more in the middle rounds, middle to late rounds. You know, if you go back to 2018, uh, since then, they have only had one player that they've drafted and developed that suited up for an NHL game, Lauko. That's it. You know, that's that's a long period of time where you have not produced any NHL talent to date. Um, and I think, you know, that that's going to start to catch up with you now. If that continues with Bergeron retiring, with Krejci retiring, with, you know, the players, Marchand is now 35. With those guys getting older, if you're not finding, you know, and I pointed to Tampa Bay in the article I wrote, you know, uh, Braden Point was, I think, a third-round pick. Uh, you know, there, there was a, several players. Sorelli uh, um, was, like, I think, a third- or a fourth-round pick. Yep. There's a bunch of guys they hit on that yeah. were in that mid, mid-pick mid range. And the other part of it, too, that I'm curious about, and I wonder what your thoughts are, is just I feel like they don't draft as many OHL kids as a lot of other teams do. You know, it, it seems like there's a lot of focus on – um, college, uh, U.S. born college kids, which is fine, and I love that, and and I think they do need to certainly supplement their draft picks with those kind of players, like the the John Farinacci type signings. You know, you go out and get somebody that wasn't going to sign with another team or wasn't drafted that's coming out of college hockey. I think that's a great way to augment what you're doing in the draft and to try to replenish those prospects. But I just, if you look at rosters of teams that win the Stanley cup every year, it's mostly Canadian boys still, it's not American guys. So, you know, you, you would hope or want them to maybe push a little more focus towards the OHL teams and the Canadian junior teams uh, when they're drafting even more than they do right now. 
Um, but you know, those would be the two biggest things I would look at and say, maybe they could do a little better or change the way, the way they do business a little bit, uh, from what they've done in the recent past. Well, that's a fair point. Uh, and in, you know, in recent years, uh, the last couple, they've drafted some OHL kids, the Harrison kid, yep. uh, Poitras, yep. uh, there's probably others that I'm, that I'm. And, uh, and Studnika they drafted too out of the OHL. Studnika, yeah. you know, Studnika is an interesting case, uh, in that. And I was thinking about this uh, because I'm heading to the Prospects Challenge next week. When he, you know, the first viewing of him in at the Prospects Challenge, he was a standout. He was a standout. And it looked like, you know, as a, a pick somewhere in the 50s, he looked like a guy that they that they hit on and was going to be an NHL for quite a while. Yeah. Now, you know, something went off the, off the rails there. Uh, you know, COVID was, was involved there. I think that messed things up. Uh, and now, you know, Jack is, uh, you know, I think he'll, he'll be struggling to make the team in Vancouver this year. You know, he, uh, you know, maybe the, maybe the Bruins should have traded him when he, uh, was in the midst of, you know, having a very good year in the American league, uh, back then, but, but why would you trade him at that point? That's kind of, you know, when you have a guy that looks like he's going to hit and be a legit NHL for a while, why would you trade him? Well, right. Teams do that. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. As far as the OHL, one thing I would point out is, you know, Wyatt Johnston, uh, with Dallas, uh, a couple of years ago, the Bruins had a chance to, and 20 other NHL teams had a chance to take him in the first round. Boston took Fabian Lysel. Hey, fine. He's a prospect. He's a, he's a good player. Uh, but Wyatt Johnston scored how many goals in the, in the NHL last right. year, not the American league, the NHL. Right. So, I mean, I wouldn't just, I wouldn't blame the Bruins for blowing that pick. It's certainly no. Lysel, the jury's out on him, but, uh, you know, and a lot of teams missed on Johnston, but uh, there's an example. Dallas knew something. They made the pick, and and it's paid off for them big time. Speaking of Lysel, what what maybe uh, do you think? You know, he's obviously coming off a year that was up and down. He had, a, I think, a pretty good start. Uh, world Juniors really went off the rails for him. He did not have a good World Junior going there uh, for Sweden. And I think inconsistent and maybe injuries when he came back, and he was kind of – still coming back from the concussion when he went to development camp. And that was kind of up and down for him as well. What, what, what do you think the Bruins want need to see out of him and sort of where does he stand in the, in the, you know, the pantheon of Bruins prospects right now? Well, he's near the top, uh, you know, one or two, you could say, uh, you know, uh, low Poitras, maybe, uh, you know, he probably still has more work to do, but to get, you know, to the number one spot, but, uh, Lysel, you know, I want to see, I want to see uh, some maturity. You know, he was uh, started last year, I think, as a 19-year-old. That's young in the American League. Yep. But I'd like to see day in, day out, uh, you know, more, a harder, uh, you know, harder practice, better practice habits, you know, just all the things that go with maturing as a, as a person and as a player, I want to see a guy who really wants to be an NHLer sooner rather than later. I'm not sure I saw that last year at, 
too many points. I don't think I did. Uh, but he's he's young, so you know you got to kind of live with the growing pains and hope that uh, you know he gets there. Um, there's no reason to think he won't. I think he's got a, a good coaching staff in Providence that stresses that kind of stuff. They'll be all over him if he doesn't practice, uh, you know, in a way that meets their standards. So I, I look for that for him and, uh, you know, maybe a 45, 50 point season, in the American league. Uh, and we'll see what happens. I I'd expect him to maybe get an NHL game, some NHL games. If, if he, uh, if he shows that he's, he's earned it, um, like I said earlier, I don't, I don't expect him to make the team out of camp. I just don't think he's there yet. And there's yep. no need to rush him. There's no need to cram him into the lineup at this point. But, uh, you know, I think uh, – I believe he's over that concussion now going into the prospects challenge. I, I'd look for him to, uh, to be one of the Bruins' better players there. Yeah, and it, I think at some point it would be good for him uh, to be called up to Boston for a cup of coffee to also – understand how hard those guys are working in practice every single game and see the kind of standard that Brad Marchand sets for like how hard you're going to work every day and how to be a pro and what you're going to do every single day and what the expectation is, you know, even more maybe to, to hammer that home that like in order to get here and stay here and, you know, be here at all, you need to be at a certain baseline level of effort, professionalism, like all that stuff, um, you know, or it's just like not going to be acceptable. So like that might, for some of those younger guys, that might be a really good uh, lesson and experience too. If you know, there it's it starts to it's not sinking in quite as well um, for any reason, uh, one or another. But you know, the the skill level obviously you can't teach that, and you know the speed and the playmaking and the shot and like all the stuff that you see in flashes with him, uh, you'd want to see more combined with uh, you know rounding out his games, uh, rounding out his game. Um, John Farinacci, do you know much about him? Like I, I obviously, I didn't really know much about him. I thought he played, I believe he was healthy and played in the bean pot. So I seem to remember seeing him play at the bean pot. I had no idea he was a member of the Donato family mafia. I didn't know that until, uh, <laughs> until I looked him up on uh, hockey prospects or one of those websites. So it did, you know, the Harvard Donato connection certainly doesn't hurt signing with the Boston Bruins, but um, anything that you might know about Farinacci as he enters into the mix here. Well, I've watched him a lot over the last few years with, uh, you know, at Dexter, first of all. And, yep. and he, uh, in his draft year, he was, you know, one of the top prospects in New England and got a lot of looks from NHL scouts throughout that year. Um, and then he moves on to uh, to Harvard eventually, and he was a good player there. Uh, you know, in a they had so many high-end players in the last two or three years, you know, first-round picks, Coronado, Farrell, not a first-round pick, but a very, very skilled player. Stepped into the NHL last year, you know, with Montreal for a while. Um, yep. And Farinacci was, you know, a two-way center, you know, played a lot of, played a lot of uh, minutes in, in important roles, PK, uh, power play you know I think he's a well-rounded player um, with uh, with a good skill set you know I think uh, maybe I'm crazy but I want to say he's at this point today or uh, you know in November 
he may be more NHL ready than uh, than say Johnny Beecher. Uh, yeah, because he's a little older. You know, he he's got a little bit more experience. Uh, you know, but I think uh, I'd be surprised if he doesn't get some NHL games this year. I don't think he'll make the team out of camp. I think he'll he'll need time in the American League, like like anyone would coming from college. But I think that was a good signing, and I and I think uh, yeah, one of the things the Bruins have to sell when they're recruiting college kids is opportunity. Yeah, look at the roster, and you know they can tell kids, hey, go to Providence, get your game uh, get your game ready, and we got we got room up here. We're not you know, backlogged with, uh, you know, guys with, uh, with eight year contracts that, that are ahead of you. <laughs> right. We got room. We got room. If you can play, you know, we'll make room. So, you know, I think he was a great signing given the, where they're at, uh, with, uh, you know, with the, with the prospect pool, as we, as we talked about earlier. Yeah. And it seems like offensively, he might have a little bit of a higher ceiling than Beecher too. Like Beecher, obviously, blows you away with his skating. He's a big physical specimen. Yeah. Like there's some things he's going to be able to do at the NHL level that will jump out at you. But I don't know that finishing off offensive plays and, and, you know, being that kind of a guy are it, you know, with potential, maybe say upward movement at times into a, a top six thing, if injuries, you know, open up or whatever, like he kind of reminds me a little bit of, of Daniel Paye where first round talent, as far as skating goes, like toughness, all that stuff would put himself in these great positions to score, but just didn't really have the hands to, to be able to get it done. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a, a good comparison. Um, you know, if somehow uh, Johnny Beecher could, you know, develop the, uh, the attitude, you know, the hair on fire uh, way that Sean Corrali played as a fourth liner for the Bruins. Yeah. Boy, if he had that in his, uh, in his, you know, toolkit, uh, that would be, I would like to see that now, maybe the kid's not built that way. Maybe he doesn't have it in his, uh, in his DNA, but you know, ratcheting up his, uh, his mindset that, you know, I'm going to go out on this shift. I'm going to win races. I'm going to finish checks. You know, Beecher needs more of that than, uh, you know, than, than he showed in the last, in college and in last year in Providence. Although I will say he finished strong. He was, uh, he got better as the year went on. And, uh, you know, it, uh, I'm curious to see what he, uh, how he starts this year, if he can maintain that and keep on moving up. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Yeah, no, the physical talents take over for him and, and the tools take over for him. And he again develops some of that. He's going to be able to beat other players out just because of his sheer skating ability and, you know, the physicality that we see at times and the size and all that, you know, the things that made him a first round pick in the first place. Um, but that, like, this is what training camp is going to be. It's going to be really interesting on so many different fronts because there are going to be a lot of unknowns. It's going to be very different just from, you know, same old, same old of the last 10 or 15 years. Cause with Bergeron, not there with Krejci, not there with, with all these new combos they're putting together, like th there's going to be a ton to watch. 
Uh, I'm just curious your thoughts on the team in general, your expectation going into this year, where you think they sort of line up right now and what you're going to be watching when you come to training camp. Well, I think, uh, I think, uh, you know, they could be in, in fighting for their playoff lives here, uh, you know, right. Uh, for a good part of the season. Um, you know, I think they, uh, last year was last year. I think this year is, is not going to be, it's not going to be like that. I don't think, yep. no. I don't see how you can watch, uh, or see what happened over the summer and think that, uh, they're going to even approach that, but uh, no, but at the, by the same token, they could still drop 30 points from what they did last year and still make the play. Still make the playoffs. Yeah. Well, and you look at the, what they do have, uh, you know, they got two very good goalies. Uh, they got a defense that's, uh, that's very solid. Uh, they're okay on the wings up, uh, you know, in, uh, in Boston, it's the center position that, you know, is lacking. And, you know, you look at the two guys who departed and, you know, teams just don't have guys top six or top, uh, top line forwards playing in the American league waiting to come up. That, no, that doesn't happen. So how are you going to replace Bergeron and Krejci? Well, you can't, you got to have somebody in there in their spot, you know, Zach or Coyle, but uh, that's one place that, that certainly bears watching. Can they, you know, can they even come close to matching the offensive uh, capabilities that Bergeron and, and Coyle and Bergeron and Krejci brought? Yep. That's a, that's a big ask. So I think the center position is going to be, you know, a point of emphasis. I don't think that's a revelation by any stretch, but, uh, you know, are they going to be a team that's going to win, try to win three, two, two to one games with great goaltending and, you know, <laughs> They're not a team. They haven't been a team that gives up a lot in terms of chances. Uh, so, you know, is it, is it going to be, you know, even more of an emphasis on winning low scoring games than it has been? It seems that way to me, you know, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to see here. I don't think we're going to see a run and gun uh, Bruins team. They're not built that way either, but uh, you know, the center position obviously is, is a point where uh, or a place where, there are question marks for sure. And, uh, you know, a trade to address that. Well, I don't know. Don Sweeney has a, is, is deliberate in his, uh, in his moves. Uh, yep. so, you know, if you if you ask the, if you ask the question, well, why didn't they do something over the summer? Well, maybe the deal wasn't there that that was to his liking, but I think at some point they're going to have to address that unless, uh, unless Zaka and, and Coyle turn out to be something that that's different from what they have been the last few years. So that, that will, uh, that will be something to watch for sure. Yeah. And, and maybe the cost will go down for some of the players they were thinking about or kicking the tires on this summer. If it becomes less than a full year of that player, you know, true rental, you know, mid season in the last year of their contract kind of, kind of player. Um, you know, maybe, maybe not. Maybe the other GMs will see if the Bruins struggle at the center position, they're really desperate for a center and they're going to be, you know, hold them over a barrel for that. It'll be interesting to see how that whole thing plays out. But I agree with you. Like I was actually going to say before you mentioned it, they feel to me like a team that's going to try to win two to one, you know, a lot. And and there's going to be a lot of pressure on the goalie and the defense goalies in the defense to to really, you know, get things done. And um, 
I, I think that is something to really watch uh, this season. And, and just with Jim Montgomery as a coach, uh, he's a very sort of offensive minded coach, high risk last year. Like he wanted that weak side D uh, down by the faceoff dot, uh, you know, ready to attack. And like, are you going to be able to play high risk, high reward, uh, you know, hockey like that? If, if you're trying to win two to one, um, all that stuff's going to be really interesting, I, I think, to watch. Um, you know, which, like, to my point, makes training camp in this whole, you know, first couple months of the season fascinating because it's going to be a brand new thing that we're watching this year with the Bruins. You know, it's going to be funny. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah. And Jim, uh, you know, he's an offensive coach. Yeah. He's not, he's not, uh, not Claude it's, Julian. It's got, <laughs> no. <laughs> It's not really, I don't think, in his DNA to to be a defensive, uh, you know, defensive-oriented guy. But coaches in the NHL have to adjust to what their lineup is, what exactly. they have. Yep. Uh, you know, in college, Monty had, you know, offensive teams. They were run-and-gun teams at Denver. And uh, certainly the Bruins, I wouldn't say they were run-and-gun last year, but they were an offensive, a powerful offensive team. Yep. Uh, and, you know, as far as the goalies go, well, Allmark had a career season last year. Does that mean that that's the standard for him going forward? Well, right. there's been a lot of goalies who uh, had a great year, and uh, and then the next year and the year after were back closer to what they were before that great year. So yep. that's something to uh, to watch, whether he can, you know, even come close to duplicating what was a fantastic season. And Swayman is a, is a goalie who looks to be on the way up, but we don't really know what his, uh, what his ceiling is. I don't think he's close to it yet. Uh, but, uh, a lot of teams in the league would like to have, uh, you know, two goalies like, like those two. So that's a, that's a strength for sure. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Mark, we will definitely have you on again, uh, as the first couple months of the season roll out to, uh, to see how things are going with the Bruins. Thank you very much for coming on. Mark Diver from the New England Hockey Journal. And thank you to our sponsors. Once again, FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, new customers can get bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Uh, go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to check it all out as they kick off, uh, as the NFL kicks off its season. And the betters are uh, parading up and down the streets now that football season is back. And uh, also Factor Meals. Thank you very much. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Uh, done in less than or at two minutes head to factormeals.com slash hags 50 and use code hags 50 to get 50 percent. mark thank you very much appreciate the time anytime joe thank you all right take care and everybody will see you at the rinks thank you for tuning in new FanDuel customers can bet five dollars and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed plus all customers who bet five dollars will get 100 dollars off nfl sunday ticket from youtube at youtube tv